Welcome to the Am I Hunting Podcast. This episode, I'm sitting down with Corey to reminisce hunting in our youth and how things have changed for us over the years. All right, welcome to the Am I Hunting Podcast. Thank you for listening as always. Thanks for tuning in. So yeah, so this episode, uh, basically I had my cousin come over. He uh, he heard about the, the world famous uh, Kim's uh, canned venison stroganoff. So he wanted to try a little bit. So they had him come over and have some dinner, let him try that out. And then uh, sit down for a podcast and pretty much just reminisce about, you know, hunting, you know, in our youth and then how things have progressed throughout the course of the, uh, you know, our lifespan so far. And, you know, basically kind of reminiscing on different hunt stories and adventures that we've been on in regards to those. And, and then also talk a little bit about some of the strategy of, you know, for our different hunting situations and how we approach it. And it was just nice kind of to sit down with him and uh, talk hunting with him a bit. So uh, before all that, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends, and don't forget to head on over to mihuntingpodcast.com. Check out all the content available. And if you're looking for more, head on over to the Join Us button, become a member. Your membership supports this show directly, as well as gives you special access content, a live stream that will be done every month, additional discounts, and members-only content. So with that, let's get into the conversation with Corey. So I figured we'd start, I mean, back when we were young and this, where we weren't even old enough to hunt yet and hunting with our dads. Yeah. I know when we were having dinner, we, you know, you were brought up some of the stories from, from us sitting with your dad on how we went up to the Lake Michigan Bluffs and, you know, the, I mean, we've gone up there, I don't know. As far back as we can remember, we've been going there. Yeah, the day after Thanksgiving every every year. So, and I mean, I don't, was that even, I don't even think that was during Thanksgiving because we weren't doing a drive, I think, or were we? Yeah, I think was, we're, we've always been doing drives up there. Was it just my dad pushing the deer then? Yeah, it, was, it, it started off pretty small and then we got more and more guys and then it's kind of dwindled again. It has. But. It, it's hard to get the guys, but... It, I mean, we've we've always kept the tradition, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, that was. I mean, I guess, I guess you tell that part of the story because I mean, we were both sitting with your dad because we were we weren't old enough to hunt by ourselves yet. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even think we were even old enough to even hunt. No, I don't think so. I don't even think we were, me and you were bow hunting yet. No, and that was definitely before the the youth season program even started. Correct. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, we were up there, and then I guess you tell or you tell what you remember of that hunt. Yeah, it was. Uh, we got the lucky to draw to sit with my dad, and then your, your dad was out. He always liked to drive. He liked to push deer because he knew where they were hiding in the little holes. So we were sitting up there on top of the bluff. It was it was it was pretty cold and blowy that day, blowing pretty good that day. We're sitting up there. We're, we're three wide and just up on top of a bluff and. Uh, towards the end of the drive there, the, uh, two, uh, twin four points come running out of that, uh, ravine up, up out of the, out of the bluffs there and across that, uh, sand blow. 
coming right at us and i'm like oh man they're gonna run us over and they were they're right on their tail to tail and just hauling it hauling right towards us i'm like oh man i'm like look at ty i'm like they're gonna run us over and they got about i don't know probably 15 20 yards away and they, they spotted us and they stopped real real you know real fast and then they kind of looked at us and turned broadside and just stood there just stood there gave us perfect shot and I know, I remember we looked at my, my dad had a gun on them and we kept saying, shoot them, shoot them. And yeah. <laughs> we couldn't figure out why he wasn't shooting them. And then all of a sudden we heard click and the gun, the gun, he went to pull the trigger and the gun jammed on him. And yeah. We, I, remember, I remember he was having some issues with his gun where, yeah, he, it was, I mean, it was just misfired. He wasn't getting a good strike from the firing pin or something, whatever it yeah. was. I remember he had to take it to the gunsmith a couple times. But yeah, we, I mean, this buck, I mean, standing broadside. Yeah, like you said, 15, 20 yards away. <laughs> I mean, right out in the open. I mean, we we could have thrown a rock at him. I think you know. I, we definitely were thinking that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's probably one of the the things that I mean we'll always remember too is you know going up on the bluffs and doing all those hunts. I mean, I mean it's been a while since anyone's actually gotten anything up there. Right. Um, but like you said, it's always been a tradition of going up there and you know just you know the, again that camaraderie and then uh yeah just that possibility that something could show up and just the, and just the views you know you can't beat the views up there when you're sitting up there while looking out on lake michigan i mean it's sometimes yeah it's cold and it's blowing and it, you're you're just you're shaking but it, yeah. it, it's just it's a nice it's a neat area to haunt it is yeah i mean yeah it you, you work you work to get up there because i mean i mean there's no real easy way to get up on those hills you gotta climb a hill at some point right and then, uh, so you start sweating a little bit, you're huffing and puffing, you finally get to the top and then depending on the weather, I mean, wind chill up there is always pretty bad. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, so you get up there, you're sweating. And then by the time you get to the end of the drive, by the time the, the drivers finally make it to you, you're freezing cold and ready to get down on right. the hill. I mean, I can't imagine, I mean, dragging a deer out of there. I, I've n- never had to, you know, but, uh. It'd be a long drag back out of there if we if you got one. Yeah, I mean the one time that I did get one up there, I mean I don't even I don't even think I have the antlers anymore. I think I think I either turned them into like uh, uh, like rattling antlers. I think they ended up, they might have ended up being a dog chew or something like that too. But yeah, um, yeah, he was probably a, he was either like a big year and a half or maybe a two year old. But yeah, right up right in that same spot, my dad and Ashley drove that and. Two of them came out. It was probably the same ones that, you know, the older versions of the ones we saw last time with your dad. Yeah, because that might have been my only year that I missed it. I missed that year um, going up there with you guys because I wasn't there the year you shot yours. But Yeah, well, I don't even think that was during um, the Thanksgiving time frame. Oh, okay. This was, I think there's an extra one because, <sighs> yeah, I don't remember the time frame, but, yeah, it was just my dad sister and i yeah but yeah i got one up there uh-huh. and uh i mean my dad finally thought it was hilarious too where he's like because i mean like we got to the edge of the hill and there's snow on that side of the hill so you know basically started down the hill and it started sliding down with the from the snow and i i was hanging on the antlers because i didn't want it to like be banging off trees and or whatnot and eventually my dad yells at me to let go and uh-huh. It sails down to the bottom of the hill. I don't remember if it bounced off a tree. Probably did a couple of them, but yeah, I got down there and yeah, got out. And it was probably, 
it took us a couple hours to get out of there. Wow. And now now there's so many downed trees up and through there. It, it would be a struggle to get, get a deer out of there. Yeah. It seems like it gets worse and worse with downed trees through there. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I uh, I got another buddy um, that he hunts further north. up. I think he's more up in the, a little bit further north in the Leonel County there. And he, uh, he killed a big buck out of there. And he said by the time he got done dragging out that he had sh- basically shaved all the, the hide off. Oh, outside, wow. or at least all the fur because he, he had to drag it over so many deadfalls wow so yeah i mean that's why too last year i i cut up that doe and packed her out i was gonna drag the whole deer out of there no especially by yourself that's a lot mm-hmm. but i don't know again i've been hunting there more this year trying to get a little bit better lay of the land so uh, there is another spot where i'm pretty sure there's a lot of deer bedding but i still don't know how we would ever push it because there's no easy way to get up on that side. That that side of the hill, it's it's bigger it's bigger hills than than the side that we usually go on. Oh wow, yeah. So and, and our and our dads aren't getting any younger to be pushing pushing those big hills like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, that and I don't know which direction they would really come down. I mean, you could probably push it from like the lakeside, push them down towards the field, but again, there's the avenues of a, like for them to escape, you'd need a lot of guys to be able to do it. Right. Because I mean, you're looking at a lot of open timber still just to cover it all. Right. And that, and there's, like, so many, like, little weird valleys and little, yeah. You know how it is up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing's a straight line up there, so. I'm just I'm just real grateful that, our, you know, we, we got to, we get to do that up, you know, these drives, you know. We we're just come from a family that's always haunted, and, uh, you know, it's been pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a thing, too, of, like, I mean, yeah, as far as back, I mean, our our dads were hunting together before we were even born. Right. I mean, they were hunting and fishing and everything like that. So, um, you know, we definitely have that good background of, you know, that hunting heritage and stuff like that. So. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's interesting. Like, I'm, like, I don't know about you, but it kind of feels weird, like, being in that, like, time frame where, like, like yeah, our, our dads are getting a little bit older and, like, you know they don't really necessarily run the show anymore it's like okay you guys do this and this and like you guys go do this part it's like okay right it's like I, they still enjoy doing it but it's usually like i mean they always ran the show now it's a lot of us you know coordinating everything getting all the guys together and which is good because eventually we're gonna have to if we want to keep that tradition going we're gonna have to do that you know so i think they're kind of you know training us into getting getting that thing to organize and they wanted to keep going you know yeah yep and like i said i mean I know there's deer up there because there's always a sign for it, but yeah, one of these days, pretty soon, someone's gonna get something. Yeah, and you never know. We're, we we've had years where there's been three, four inches of snow. We're, we're you know up there, you know, or <laughs> I know. Been years where it's been pretty warm up there. You just never know what the day after Thanksgiving what it's gonna be like weather-wise up there. Yeah. But no matter what, we we don't we always do it every 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 day after Thanksgiving. You know, no matter what the weather is. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The hunting, hunter, hunting tradition yeah yeah but uh yeah i don't know man i mean i don't know i was even thinking about it just the other day about you know i mean really our archery career you know for whitetail started when we would hunt with your dad down at the old ash farm yep i mean we'd sit you know some would be down by the pond some would be up by the gravel pit and yeah i mean we did that for a number of years right um and then, then we uh, kind of moved over to across from your mom's place there. 
Yep. Yeah, we we hunted. Uh, we had some permission to hunt the property across the street from your mom's, and and then that's where we kind of started our youth hunting. Was over there. Yeah. It, me, yeah. Me, me, you, and uh, your dad. Yep. And yeah, my I mean, dad. I mean, that's where I, yeah, that's where I got that my first buck, um, in the gravel pit at the yep. Martin place, and then uh, yeah, I think I think the first year you could do the youth hunt, we were. Yeah, I think all Martin four place. of us were out there. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just. It's weird thinking back of like of all the years we've been hunting and, and whatnot. It's just like, and then especially too of like how our mindset has changed, or how we've transitioned into like, I mean, you you've got a, a, a lease essentially that you guys, you know, manage and whatnot. Yeah. So you got another hunting property again, still out in the, near the same area, but. Right. And we and you and I both have had lots of years where we haven't got a deer, you know. But we don't give. We we still every year we're still out there trying, you know. That's the that's the most important part, you know. We haven't gave up yet, anyway. Right. I mean. Yeah, I mean, geez, from the time I killed my last buck to when I finally got one again, it was 13 years. Wow. I'd gone without even getting a deer. Yeah. Uh Most guys would have gave up by then, I think. But you know, we we it's just the fun getting out there. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing too, man. Like, especially like, you know, being, you know, in this area and whatnot, and seeing like how the transition is. Like, I don't still care. I mean, last year, I mean, that buck, he's a two and a half year old, and like I was tickled pink to get him. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be the big guys that are always like the biggest buck. Like, I'm still at the point. Like, like I even told you during dinner. Like, I almost burned a buck tag on a doe. Right. Just because I wanted to shoot a deer. Like, right. she was right there. I was like. I just want to arrow a deer. <laughs> right. And now I'm kind of, I was always been a big, you know, uh, antler hunter, you know, and now I, I got to have dinner with you guys tonight and have a canned venison. Oh man, I think, I think I've changed my philosophy a little bit. I might be, uh, going for, uh, going for a dough and getting some meat in the freezer, you know, after that, that was, that was very good. Yeah. And that's, I mean, yeah, that canned venison, I mean, I was always really hesitant. Like I knew that people did it. I actually have a, a friend and coworker that, um, they've always done canned venison, but I was always very, uh, hesitant to do it. Cause I was always worried I was going to mess it up and, you know, get food poison to the family yeah. and whatnot, or, or have it all go bad and then have, you know, entire deer's worth of meat, you know, have to be thrown away cause it went, you know, sour or something like that. Right. But, uh, yeah, that's the other big thing too, is, you know, making that switch of like doing all my own processing and stuff like that. Um, you know, certainly when I first started doing it, it was very bad cuts. Wasn't always the most efficient with it. Probably didn't take care of the meat as well as you should. But it's weird transition of like getting back into it. Cause I mean, yeah, we started out hunting a lot when I was when we were young. Yeah. But then like I kind of got out of it. Like those later te- teen years got distracted away from hunting and fishing all the time. Right. And you you played football and stuff, and that was kind of right in the right in the hunting season. And yep. And then it wasn't until, you know, a good number of years later that I really got focused and tried to get back into it. Right. Um, I mean, how much do you think you've, you know, changed or transitioned to from where, you know, starting out? Well, a lot, you know, because I used to, uh, we, we used to bait, you know, and, you know, the, you'd see, it was just, you, you could pattern the deer, you know, they'd come in on the bait, you know, you can, you kind of just knew when they were going to come in, you know, they would, and, but now we got to work a little harder when there's no, when the, no baiting, you know. I've learned how to do food plots now, you know, and and how to, from from step one to all the way to the finish line, and you've taught me a lot with food plots, and 
I, I just think that makes hunting a little bit more fun, you know. It's not just going out October 1st and setting out a setting out a bag of carrots and you know hunting anymore you know it's starting in August or you know you know and get tilling up the land and putting your food plot in and I I, I think it's actually made hunting a little more and you know a little more fun to do yeah it, it like it's almost like you're invested a little bit more yeah when you do that type of thing um or even like you said like or like running the cameras and scouting and like you know you get those trail camera pictures in the summer and you start seeing like you know what deer around you see the you know that doe with the fawn and right you see that even watching the just on camera watching that doe and fawn or that fawn grow up and whatnot and you're just like you start almost like being a little protective of the deer in the area you're just like okay like that okay like you see like a bear coyote or somebody like oh oh no no leave him alone right but yeah it's 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 really interesting to like going through that process and like you said uh learn a little bit more and i don't know i mean i think since the no baiting you you've invested a lot more into food plots and learn and and put time into learning more about food plots and what what kind to use and yeah i mean yeah definitely I've, i've done a lot of tinkering and playing around with different techniques and stuff like that and um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like even when we were baiting, like, like I would play around a little bit with like run the feeder down yeah. the farm or, you know, having a bait pile or a couple of bait piles out in state land and like, yeah, you could get the deer, the, the deer to come in and whatnot. But a lot of times, like, because you're, you're, you're always come to the same spot and whatnot, it almost seemed like that go nocturnal on they you. Go nocturnal on you. And it's a lot of that is more so the fact that, you know, they they feel your presence. They feel that hunting pressure and know not to come in until right safety of darkness so yeah a lot of times you run that bait pile you'd hunt it a couple times and then next you know they're only coming through at night right especially the big mature bucks you know they're not gonna they're gonna wait till dark and come in if if they even come to it right exactly (laughs) so i mean and that and that you know especially that start learning that a little bit by running more trail cameras you know on those bait bait piles or on those feeders and you can see it i mean yeah you Shortly after hunting season started, the deer just would show up at night and they'd be there all night long or show up, you know, whenever that, you know, feed time was for them. And then, yeah, you wouldn't see them during the daylight. Right. Yeah. The nice thing with these uh, food plots is they're more natural and you, you get them in there all time, all during the day, you know, and it's, it's been, been pretty cool. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. And the other thing is too, it was like you get a food plot started, like, yeah, it's a lot of work to get it planted and you know depending on how much you've invested in like the fertilizer and stuff like that like it, it is expensive but like once that food pot's in there like it's pretty much just it's just there like, right and depending on the size and whatnot and what you plant you could have it for an entire season and you don't have to keep going back there and you know buying bait or whatnot and right and you know tracking your scent in there all the time you know put by putting more bags out there and yeah yeah and i actually like i've even transitioned more down the farm to where like I'm really not even hunting over the food plot anymore. Like I've got the food plot there. Like my, I've actually moved my main hunting blind away from, you know, to one far corner now, to where, you know, I'm not even really gonna be sitting on that food plot unless I'm probably rifle hunting. Mm-hmm. Which at that point I'm still back in the far corner where I'm not necessarily gonna spook deer if I don't want to. Right. Like, I'm not even gonna shoot a deer. Then I'm not right in the mix with them. Whereas where it was before, I mean, those deer were coming from basically right behind the blind right i mean i actually like the one year i got a buck there was actually a fawn like nibbling on like the like bush or willow tree 
that was like right next to my blind. Like I could see the branches moving, uh-huh. nibbling on it. Like it was that <laughs> close. So, yeah, I mean, it's now so it's like most of my stands are, you know, in between where I think they're bedding and where that food is. So I'm not even really going to spook out that food plot uh, during archery season, especially. So it's right. that transition of like always hunting over the food because that's like the hot ticket and realizing that, hey, move off the food, the deer will come through, and then you can, you know, exit your tree stand or your blind or whatever. While they're you, still on. And while it, they're still on the food instead of getting out of your blind while they're feeding, they spook off the field, same thing not allowing them to become nocturnal by feeling hunting pressure right in that blind so or coming out of that blind or out of, at that food source anyway so i feel like i've learned a ton um you know probably having or doing the podcast really help with that because i'm always you know reading articles and talking to different people and talking to different people exactly so i get a lot of different perspective and it's like like a lot of it is you know still keeping up with like kind of like your your foundation of how to hunt but then learning different techniques and again looking at some of the the different research that's out there and realizing that hey maybe some of these things that we used to do are you know not really helping you in regards to you know harvesting a deer right because it's a lot's changed since from what we when we grew up like there's a lot a lot less land you know like a lot less country land a lot a lot more development so it, it takes a little bit more technique to hunt these deer than what I used to. Yeah, yeah, especially too. I mean, um, yeah, like you said, like the, those those public land areas are getting a little bit smaller. The parcels are getting a lot smaller. So yeah, if someone maybe hunted like a large you know property, now it's broken up into several different spots, or like you said, or it's not you know it's developed into where you can't hunt it at all. Because like our old our old you know farm there, it's there's there's it's not the way it used to be. There's you know big gravel pit that's most mostly taken taken over half the land and more houses up there it's it's not it's a little harder you know to hunt yeah you gotta go to different spots yo yeah i yeah because that's the other thing too is like like i know we don't have the hunting pressure that maybe downstate does because i know they get things get a little crazy down there from right what i've been heard, told and whatnot but i mean definitely you know especially going from like doing uh bow season and then the amount of pressure that's you know, there when it's when it hits rifle season. Right. Like even on like the state land and whatnot, like that week before rifle season, I mean, you can feel or see all the people moving in. Oh, you can see the campers getting set up down up and down the roads and on the state land and you can you can definitely tell. Oh yeah. Like I mean, this was several years ago, back when I when we first moved out this way. Like I would I would, I bow hunted this spot and no one. Absolutely no one. And then I start. Well, I went out there for like I went out there for opening day. All right, what's opening day? I don't know if it was opening day, but early on in rifle season, and like where I set, used to set up, there were two campers. Like I could see the lights from the campers. Wow. Like where I typically sit. So like I go out there, I'm like, I can't hunt here. Like these guys are camped right here. It was a full on hunting hunting camp, huh? Going on. Oh yeah, there's two of them. Like there was wow. one, there was one on this. Because I basically was, like, near a corner, like, where the two-track, like, there's a bend. Yeah. And I would be in that little inside corner. And there was literally a camper, like, I could see, you know, 100 yards one way. There's a camper there 100 yards the other way. Another camper. That's what I'm talking about. I think a lot of, I think we got a lot of people from downstate that it's getting developed so much down there. That they're coming up here and setting up camps or just, you know, guys that got to move around because 
this land's getting developed, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, even then, I mean, yeah, that's a big thing too is, yeah, because if you're down south, I mean, you can't, a lot of times you're, you're stuck, you know, using a shotgun or like a straight wall cartridge. Right. Um, where you can't use like a, the, like, you know, bigger caliber rifle. So yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of people still are coming up from downstate for sure. No, we, we definitely got our hands full, uh, uh, you know, we, we got a little bit more work cut out, you know, which is fun, you know, it makes it challenging. Yeah, that and I mean, like, especially like back at the bluff, when you're talking about the bluffs again, I mean, the number of people that are out walking. Right. Are, is way higher than what you used to You never do. used to see hardly anybody up there, but now the day after Thanksgiving, everybody's out there getting their exercise, bringing their dogs up there, and it's, it, it never used to be, like, you never hardly see anybody. We used to be the only ones up there. Yeah. I mean, even I mean, even just as earlier season, yeah, I was out there and like I was walking out and there was you know a couple groups walking in, right? It's just like, and then I went back another time, like a week later, there was like ten cars there at like the trail trailhead, just people walking, right? Like, Holy smokes! But yeah, so yeah, dealing with you know the fact that a lot of these spots now are you know gained popularity people have found these areas that they like to hike and you know just go for walks and stuff like that so yeah dealing with that type of pressure as well has been interesting right so i'm trying to think back i mean how long have you had your lease i think i don't know me and my dad were thinking trying to think of that i think we've been at like 15 years probably has it really been that long? yeah it's been a long time how long ago was it when you guys went out to maryland uh it was just before covid so uh we stopped going right when covid hit we didn't travel then so it was probably like three years ago three four years ago yeah what i mean what did you think about going out of state for a deer hunt i was excited i couldn't i couldn't be more excited you know when uh we got that opportunity to go out there and and hunt some private land uh, it was it was awesome you know i've never never done that and i've seen those big illinois bucks and you know illinois hunts and i it's like you know i was excited but i didn't think maryland honestly i didn't think maryland had big bucks i didn't think of it as a deer deer state you know so i was you know it was a little iffy too you know i was excited but a little iffy you know i was like i don't know i don't it's not like an illinois you know but um we got out there and it was it was it was awesome we we were right on the edge of a golf course you could see out from our deer blinds we could see people me and my dad could see people playing golf up on the hillside and it was like there's no way there's there you know we're gonna see many deer in here you know no way and uh the first day we got out there we got actually uh got driven out to our blinds on a golf cart (laughs) and you know we're making all kinds of noise it was dark you know first thing in the morning it was dark still and um my cousin he brought us brought us out there in golf carts and dropped me off and at my blind and shine the light right up up the tree stand said there you go get up there and you know enjoy your hunt and i'm like okay and <laughs> so then my dad rides on the golf cart and i could i could hear him going through the woods you know playing his day and i'm like all the deer are gonna be gone you know and uh out there you can bait still in maryland and he had he had a little some bait bait set up for us and not, he had it all set up for us it was really nice and so my dad got set up and next thing you know, i could see the golf cart light going up across the across the field you know back back to the house and uh I, I i swear it wasn't more than a half hour i could hear deer walking around and i couldn't believe it you know and it was like it was like we were on a ranch you know a, a fenced in ranch but we weren't it was it was you know all all wide open and uh yeah right away you know we had deer coming in and we were we were going for you know he said he wanted eight points or bigger the the land owner my my uh, cousin and you know we you know we were we were happy with that and we had some deer coming in and like 
I couldn't believe it. Like, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes of my hunt, a nice eight point came in and I, I was my first, first nice buck I shot with a crossbow. I put it up there and it was, you know, just, you know, it was about 45 minutes after light and came in at, and it was eating a little bit and it was, it was definitely, it was uh, rut rut season, you know, then, you know, and they were chasing does and put it on, put it on and it, it didn't go more than 20 yards. It was awesome. I've, I've never never shot a buck that fast you know, on, on the first day of hunting season so your first morning and basically shortly after first light and you got your buck yeah and that's so funny too like i ran into that with south dakota like like you so basically like when we were out there the first time i had a i had a misfire right i basically i didn't i didn't let the bolt go all the way forward it was just ever so slightly back a little bit so that firing pin didn't hit like big old big old buck i don't even know exactly i don't even remember how many points he had but he was he would have been the biggest buck i've ever killed and misfired and i'm all bent out of shape i'm just like beat myself up and the guys were with me i like oh don't worry about that don't worry about that like there'll be more like we'll find another one i'm just like okay yeah you guys are being nice and you know okay trying to make me feel better they're like no 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 we'll, we'll find another one we didn't make it two miles down the road like oh there's another buck like what how like right you miss your opportunity here in michigan like you may not get another shot right you're not gonna you like that one like you missed it like you might as well take soup now because you just missed your opportunity yeah so yeah it sounded like the same thing that you ran into in maryland where like just the opportunity was better right now again that was you know a few years ago so now i think we're at the point now where we're right on the cusp i think we're probably about two to three years out we're really going to start having some really good bucks in the area from the antler point restriction yeah. uh, being in place. I think probably, I don't know if maybe the baiting has changed things a little bit too. You know, I know that when it, when that ruling first came out, it really deterred a lot of people from wanting to hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, now certainly too, there's probably, there's plenty of people that are still out there baiting. Right. I mean, all the stores are still selling it and, yeah. and there's, and there people are buying it, but I do think it's kind of transitioned a little bit. Where a lot of those buck, a lot more bucks are making it to that older age group. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, I know at least from from the places I hunt, I'm seeing more consistently. Where it's like, okay, that's a good buck, that's a good buck, that's a good buck. Right. Whereas in years past, it would be like there's one good buck. Right. Like he's the only one that looks more like more than a one and a half year old. Right. So that's the one we're going after. Now there's multiple ones, and even even that you could have a random buck show up that you didn't even know was there yeah, or even have any intel of and still be a good one. No, you're absolutely right. And on, you know, a few years, just a few years ago, we, we would hardly see any big, any decent sized bucks on our trail cams, you know, and now, you know, that, that, that camera I showed you that, you know, a few years ago, or, you know, maybe it was like two years ago. And I couldn't believe there was like four or five, eight points or bigger all together. And I've never, ever seen that many, you know, you know, before this, restriction the three points on one side you know and it's just cool to see around here yeah yeah i mean it definitely like i'm kind of curious to see where we top out at because again you know we do have some egg around here but again we're mostly you know big woods up in this area you know northwest lower michigan um so we definitely don't have like the major egg fields Mm -hmm. like down south or especially you know you look at states like indiana uh, Illinois that have just tons of egg. Right. They're, you know, going to have this monster bucks because of they're so well fed. Right. So I am curious to see 
kind of where we kind of plateau at right. the size of the deer that we get. But I got a feeling that just by allowing those more of those bucks to be older, yeah, there's going to be some big bucks killed. Oh yeah, again here in the near future. I mean, there was um, uh, there are there are getting more and more big ones around here. So yeah, I remember I was I was so bummed when they did that, you know, because I was I was struggling to begin with to even see see get a smaller buck, you know, and I was you know bummed, you know, but I I'm I'm real thankful they did it now. I mean, it's really it's amazing what the deer you see now. Yeah, it was kind of weird, though, because, again, growing up, like, right next to Leonel County, I mean, Leonel County had, you know, the antler point restriction for a decade before anyone else did, really. Right. Um, so it was kind of, like, for me, when they announced them, it was like, okay, whatever, like, we already we already kind of did that when we would go do the drive anyway. Like, we knew, like, had to have the four on the side. Right. Uh, but, so I would, I didn't, I don't know, it wasn't, it wasn't really that big for me. Uh-huh. I know a lot of other people were very um, fired up about the idea. Right. Um, now, again, I know there's a lot of hunters that were out there, you know, really pushing for it. Right. Because uh, they knew, you know, essentially what could, you know, happen if that, you know, went through. And we're already, we're seeing the benefit of that. Oh, yeah. But. Uh, that reminds me of that story where we were dr- deer, doing that deer drive. And uh, we, we had quite a few guys then. And uh, we were pushing some set of pines. And this. This doe comes running out, and it was the whole top of the head was it was it had a bunch of brush stuck to it, and it looked like an enormous buck. I couldn't, you know, ever, ever and I all of a sudden I don't know if it was dad or somebody yelled, "Don't shoot it! It's a doe with brush on its head!" And everybody had their guns up, and oh man, they're they're ready to fire. But I mean that that was something, you know, just just some stories like that to remember, you know, when we do them drives. Yeah, I mean I yeah I remember that too because I was one of the people walking. And I think I had already pat like, cause like, basically what the layout was is that there was like a patch of pines, open field patch of pines, and we were just pushing the pines. Yep. And then see the people sitting would watch the open field as they came out, and then we just kind of kept leapfrogging yeah. all the way down. And yeah, we made it through this one, and there was some I, I don't know if it was like a, a lilac bush or something, something, some big bush in the middle of the field. And I remember like I was walking past it basically, like I was already past the, yeah. the bush, and just you know that bush the bush erupts <laughs> and some deer comes flying out of there and yeah it's got branches and I mean, everything hanging off it and yeah it looked like an enormous it buck, looked like a it? big old butt busting out <laughs> yeah. there yeah but i mean i don't know man we've we i mean we both have had instances of being almost ran over from deer oh yeah either from those from those drives or just basically from you know drives not necessarily even on the bluffs but even down at the old martin place right I remember like just being on the fence line and those deer got pushed out of that those pines. Yep. And then yeah, they just kept coming and coming and coming. Right. And like, I don't know, it was like 200 yards across this field and they just ran straight <laughs> for us and stopped like 10 feet out. I can't believe neither of us have actually gotten ran over yet as many close. You know, we, I don't know how many times, but I, more than 10 times, I bet you we both almost got run over. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure just because we're, you know just shorter guys or the fact that we we're really good at hiding right <laughs> yeah they just almost run into us but i don't know man it's no i'm i'm just real thankful that you know we both have our, we have our dads that taught us all this all this hunting you know like it's been it's been fun as a family yeah yeah and that's the thing too i mean i certainly went through a period where it was a lot of like okay i'll go out do my own thing 
but now it's definitely at the point now where it's like, yeah, let's get more people involved. Like, let's, like, right. the idea of, like, doing, like, the deer camp again, far more appealing to me and, what like, want to have more of that right. than just be like, yeah, I'm going out hunting. I'm going to try to get my deer or whatever. I think the next thing we need to do is talk our dads into doing doing a, a out of state hunting trip to all the all of us together. I think that'd be fun. That would be. I know. I know. My dad and I we were looking at doing an out of state hunt to Nebraska, but uh, for one, it turned out to be a whole lot more expensive than yeah. either of us were anticipating. Um, especially because we're like, you could do it like a DIY hunt, like do it all yourself and just buy the tag. But I've been. Again, you're doing a lot of like work of trying to figure it out, and right. far less likely to, you know, get a deer that first time through. Right. So I don't know. Where would you want to go? I don't. Even somewhere close, like Illinois, or you know, we wouldn't have to go. You know, or or, or South Dakota would be fun. But I, you know, I think get a, get a cabin, you know, and I'll pitch in, and I think I think it'd be fun. Well, your dad did a South Dakota hunt, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was we had some, there, wasn't it? Yeah, we had some relatives own some property out there, and we we could probably actually get on that again if we wanted to. But yeah, I totally forgot that he had done been out there. Yep, it's actually the same same family members that had the property that have the property in Maryland too. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, re- yep. It's his dad <laughs> actually that owns the South Dakota property. Okay, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to put a bug in there to see if they want to do that. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. I remember my dad. He would. They, there was quite a few cousins that would go out there and they'd run a U-Haul trailer and they'd go out to South Dakota mule deer hunting and they'd come back and that trailer would be stacked full of deer, U-Haul trailer, full, no full, full of deer. Yeah, it would be, they would get, they would get a lot of deer, but there was probably eight to 10 guys, you know, so they all had two deer, two deer tags, you know, a piece. They were able to get two? Yeah. Cause, uh, yeah, in South Dakota they were. Oh, okay. Um... I think it was a, a, a doe and a muley, but this was a long time ago. I think it might have changed changed now, but yeah, it I might know. be it might be a little bit different too. If they own the property out there, they tags get allocated a little bit differently. Right. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure how it all worked, but they had a, they had, were able to get a doe and a buck. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember they'd have they have that whole U-Haul full of, full of uh, deer, you know, and they'd come back and eat, and on the way, drop it off to each person's house. You know, they're, they're two deer, and that was pretty cool. I'd always be at home waiting, you know, anxious to see what they would bring home. Yeah. How many how, how many times did your dad go out there? I think they went every year for at least, I, I think, four or five years in a row. Really? Okay. Yeah. I knew the one time that he went out. and. Yeah. Okay. And I, I, mean, I know they had some cousins in Chicago that they'd pick up on the way. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was quite the trip, you know. Yeah. Because some would come from Maryland, and then they'd stop in Michigan and grab, grab a couple guys, and then stop in Chicago grab a couple guys, and then they'd go out to South Dakota. Just pick them up on the way. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't realize your dad did all that or yeah. went out there that many times. Yeah. Well, you ever think about uh, doing Iowa? No, I, I'd be open to any state, really, you know. It'd just be, like I said, it was cool to go out to Maryland and experience a different state, you know, and I, I'd, I'd like to try other states, but it'd be fun to do it as a, as a group of people, you know. It was fun just me and my dad, but it'd be fun to do it, you know, me, you, and your dad, you know, just get a group of guys to do it. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I mean, you start putting in with South Dakota with us. Yeah. Because, I mean, the for the area that we're going, I mean, it only takes a couple of years to get, to get enough points to potentially draw. Uh-huh. And I mean, this year we're going out, and I didn't even draw a tag, but my buddy did, so I'm still going out there just to hang out with them. And yeah, I mean, fun. even if you didn't draw a tag, just to go out there and experience, you know, just like you said, sometimes the fun part's just the hunting camp, yeah. you know? 
Yeah, man. We'll have to plan something out like that. Yeah. Of course, if you, that'd be one thing, too. If your dad was open to South Dakota, then we could convince my dad about South Dakota. Yeah. Because he sees that those deer, unless they're mule deer, are typically, the whitetail are typically smaller than our whitetails. So he's like, why are you going out there for a smaller deer? Right. But, uh, yeah. And now, and now, you know, our dads are getting to retirement age, and it's like, you know, you know, we used we spent a lot of time with them, and then we had this gap where you know you didn't you know which it, it happens to everybody. And now it's like you kind of want to spend a, some more time with them again, and you know, get out and you know, hunt, hunt more with them. And yep, so. yeah, I don't know. I'm at a weird stage now too, where it's like taking care of hunting. Like now I understand like where my dad came from of like having me be the one that was behind the trigger. Yeah, like that's like now it's like like I don't know, man. Like give me another year or two and then after that it's like Gary like let's go get you deer like you go hunt a deer now right so it's weird being that in that middle ground of like still having my dad around and like having him still mentor me but then now I'm mentoring Kira yeah it's throwing me for a little bit of a loop of like my priorities anyway your dad probably likes seeing that though oh yeah Yeah. oh yeah I mean I'm 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 uh not sure because Kira is gonna go out with his open day for firearms i don't know if she's gonna sit with him or with me right so i kind of wanted to see if she wants to sit with her grandpa which i i would be tickled about that yeah especially if she gets one with him right um that'd be a cool memory but i don't know man yeah we've had a lot of fun we've had a lot of fun hunting together that's for sure yeah and that's the weird thing too man i mean looking at it, i mean we've still got a long history yeah yeah we go, do so yeah uh so i mean i'm I'm very optimistic to see where this goes, and like I said, the uh, the deer, that, you know, that we'll encounter, and the memories that we'll build, and stuff like that. And like you said, being able to hunt together more, and you know, not being so solo and stuff like that, and actually right. have more camaraderie. That's we'll, we'll definitely have to keep that as a focus for us. Right. You know, it's amazing what hunting will bring families together. You know, it's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, and I mean, and we can even bring it back to, like you said, like the canvas and like bringing it back to the the dinner table. Right. You know, that that's part of the reason, I mean, a big part of the reason why we're all hunting is to harvest meat and then you can enjoy the, you know, the fruits of your labor, essentially. Right. Now, I was tickled, thrilled, you know, when you asked me to do this, you know, we, we ran into each other at that hunting store, you know, we're, um, we just ran into each other at the hunting store the other day and... I said, you know, I really want to try that canned venison, and you know, well, how about you do a podcast with me, and you can come over and have have dinner with me, and I'm like, absolutely, absolutely, I'll do that, you know. Yeah, that the, the podcast bit, especially too, like she definitely can put that by me. It's like, well, like if, if I'm gonna feed him, and he has to do a podcast with me. I'm like, sounds good to me. Yeah, I was, I was, I was smiling. I was like, yeah, absolutely, I'll do it. Yeah, and that's the thing too, is like, yeah, getting better at like preparing wild game and stuff like that. You know, definitely being able to share that. I mean. I'm at the point now where I thought I was going to not have to kill that many deer, but now I'm looking at the canned venison's getting dwindled down already. Right. I'm all out of summer sausage. So I was like, well, we, we I asked you to, tonight at dinner, I said, how much do you have left of that deer that your daughter just shot, you know? And you said you're about half, half through it already. And that, that wasn't too long ago. So yeah, it, went, it went fast. That was a little over a month ago that. Right. And yeah, it's 
half gone. I remember before before coming down to do this podcast, you know, after dinner, I, I told Kim I want that recipe if I get a deer. And, you know, she says, well, I just kind of I throw it together, you know. Well, I said, I'll be calling you on the phone if I get one and getting the, getting the, the steps to do it because it, it was good. Yeah, I've been trying to get her to, like, write these recipes down because, <laughs> like, she does uh, um, with some of the canned venison, too. Um, like my first batch I did last year, or the small batch, she made uh, um, some pho, so it's like a Vietnamese soup. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to have that wrong or where the origin is, but really good soup. And like, yeah, like, hey, write down the recipe. I'll be able to share it, like, with the show and stuff like that. She's like, I don't have a recipe. Like, I just throw it together. I'm like, that's pretty cool, though. Like, I don't know how she does it, man. Yeah. Like, again, she, the real problem is, too, sometimes, though, like, she gets it just right, and you're like, make that again. And then she, like, makes it again, and you're like, Eh. It's hard to double it if you don't have to re- written down, like, you know. It wasn't as good as last time. Like, right. what you do different this time? She's like, I don't know. It's like, oh, okay. Right. But yeah, man, that's the other thing. That's the other thing that I'm having fun with is being able to share, you know, especially because of you know being more open to shooting does and stuff like that. Of being able to you know share share more of the 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 meat and stuff like that. It's doing more specialty stuff like the canvas and summer sausage, smoking stuff like that. Right. You know, before when I first started out with the processing it was like burger and then like back straps right tenderloin right and like that was it like no my dad was always big you know he was a big buck hunter you know he we, he ate the deer he ate the venison but he was always if he's gonna sh- shoot one he wanted it to be a buck and he kind of kind of taught me that you know that way too but you know i i'm, I'm kind of leaning towards i want to get a doe you know everyone so you gotta you gotta you know average out the between the duck uh, the bucks and the does and you know I, I I would eat you know this canned venison's amazing. I just makes me want to go out there and get a dough, you know. Uh huh. Yeah. And again, a lot of that too stems from you know back, and you know you know our dads remember a time when there weren't that many deer around. Right. And I mean, like they actually still kind of you know have that mindset, especially up in the UP, where their their deer numbers are still way down and actually sounds like they're still getting worse actually like you don't shoot those does because you know those are your breeders those are the, right the ones that are going to rear the next generation um but now especially too like where we're at now you know our deer numbers are you know expanding you know here in the lower peninsulas so yeah i mean the dnr they're pushing real hard for more does to be killed um, well i was just talking to you the other day about you know i went to go get my uh tag you know, my deer license and i normally just got the combo and i said do you have any doe tags and I hunt Benzie County, and I said, "Yeah, for Benzie County." He's like, "Oh, you can, yeah, we got doe tags. You can get them right over the counter now." And I—that I, was the first I heard of that, you know. Yeah, and that's only been what I think two, three. This is a year three of that, maybe, if I remember correctly. Okay. Where, yeah, I mean, yeah, you used to have to, you know, apply for whatever county that you want right. for your for your doe tag, and there was a lot of times like you either had to be very quick. Um, you know get your points and then not draw and or you had to be very quick on the draw for any that were left over right like if you didn't buy that leftover tag like the day or two after they were released yeah you weren't getting a, you weren't getting a doe I tag i remember that i remember missing out a lot of years trying to get a doe tag you know and when i when i wanted to get a doe here and i'd always miss that deadline you know or there'd be sold they would already tagged out yeah and then that's the other thing too like especially you know looking at the you know the the breakdown of your deer population uh you know having it you know a better buck to doe ratio you know you know basically you know all the signs is you know proof or showing that you know having a closer you know buck to doe ratio you know 
because typically in nature it's usually about one to one so you know basically one one doe fawn to one buck fawn Mm -hmm. but even if you get it like you know six to one or something like that you're going to start seeing more running activity those bucks are going to have to compete more right theoretically you should you know see more buck activity during the rut more seeking than you know than you would otherwise or a lot more competition right those so you know another thing i've been noticing too is a lot more twins like a lot more buck twins and and stuff lately i i don't know yeah a lot of that you know it all depends like so especially are you noticing more so on your guys's property yeah yeah a lot of that could be too because you also got uh pete right next to you that he's doing a big food program as well yep a lot of that better nutrition uh-huh. for those does is leading to a lot of those twins. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if you notice it on your property, but are you noticing that those fawns are a lot bigger than usual? Oh yeah. Or that they they shed their their spots a lot quicker? Right. Some of these some of these fawns are medium size. Yeah. Yeah. We actually um, when Kira and I went out, I actually thought it was two does came out, and she's like, the one still has spots. Oh. And I pull up the binoculars, and you could see just a little bit of spots still on the hind end. But it was a decent-sized body already. a decent-sized body deer. So, uh, yeah, a lot of that, again, the good nutrition, that doe, if she's well-fed, they actually did a big study. Um, I forget what state they did it in. Um, but basically, they pulled deer, and, you know, they actually pulled some deer out of South Dakota, and then they basically did control of like okay these are smaller deer what happens when we give them good nutrition mm-hmm. well they show that that buck actually um you know in comparison to a buck that was kind of still fed the, the same food that would in south dakota right was a bigger deer larger antlers they went back and did the same thing again but instead of feeding that fawn they fed the the mother okay so they gave her good nutrition and then also gave that buck good nutrition after that and it was an even bigger deer yet so it was a much larger percentage of the deer growth so even just having a mother that's you know well fed and fat and happy mm-hmm. tend to be you know deliver a larger deer or a deer that has more potential to be bigger okay so that's the biggest thing that you know has really been being pushed now is you get better nutrition you're going to see you know potentially bigger deer or you know they're going to be able to represent their you know genetic potential much more right so you know basically the nutrition and then allowing them to get you know the older age classes yeah to really be able to see what they're doing right yeah because just recently i i had a trip actually triplets uh uh four points all on the on the camera that was pretty cool i've never seen one like that really yeah it was it was all three all three were the same 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 size and all four points all the same yeah now do you think that that doe you know dropped triplets or do you think maybe she adopted one could have adopted one i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure but they're definitely all all, all alike. alike yeah yeah i mean i know it happens but i know it's not that common for triplets but I mean, the fact that she, if she was able to raise triplets, right, or even if she adopted it, the fact that she was able to take care of all three, right, it's a very good sign. So yeah, yeah, yeah I know, I know. We always laugh too about you know when we when you when I went, first went down to help you with the food plots, and uh, I was really big on the uh, the mock scrape. Yeah, you like, were. I didn't believe it. The, the uh, mock scrape, uh, you know, mindset of having a scrape or setting up some type of licking branch, and uh, yeah, we we were out there. I think you were still. 
I think it, were you still tilling the field, or I don't remember. Yeah, or or, or, or putting the seed down one of the two. Or maybe I think you're still driving the tractor because we didn't have a cultipacker, so I think you're just driving around. Okay. Using the tractor tires to aggregate them. I grab a pine branch, yeah, one of the trees. Take some 550 cord I think I had, looped around a tree branch and hung it, and you thought I was absolutely crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, you're wasting your time, Ty. What, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, so, ba- I mean, it looked funky. It wasn't a very good branch. Again, we should probably go back and actually do something a little bit better. But, but yeah, basically right in that, right underneath that tree, I hung that that branch and scuffed out the dirt a little bit to make a little scrape. And I I always laugh till you, you called me up, or I think you might have texted me. It's like... I w- can't believe it. there's deer hitting that. Or I think I sent you branch. a picture of the trail camera because I had the trail camera on it and there was a buck on it. I, I think I sent you. Know, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and now the last what two or three years they've been com- coming back to that same same one. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the nice thing too. Especially like if they start getting that pattern of behavior, you know, they'll just stick with it. Right. Um. And again, like especially because it's in a field. That's the only branch that they can really reach. It's yeah. like it's almost like they can't help themselves. Right, and it's right, go, right in the middle of the food plot there. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I have a camera. Actually, I have one camera that I run that's not on a scrape. Okay. Out of all the cameras, even on Stateland, every one of them either is, is a scrape that was there already, or one that I made. Right. And it's just, I mean, it's just a, it's almost kind of like. It kind of acts kind of like the bait pile used to do or the feeder. Right. It just it's, it brings them in that congregation a little bit where it's just that, you know, higher you know, movement or you, that you just get a little bit better snapshot of what's in the area because they feel that they have to visit that scrape. Well, and I even had that one little small buck that's on, a high, on his hind legs, pl- like playing with it. Like it was like a swing, swing playground, you know, just on that rope and I couldn't believe it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a couple uh, young young deer i've got one is a fawn playing around with it and that like jumping around acting all crazy yeah. and then i had a year and a half old buck because I, I like i went out there and like the the because i basically i didn't have like a tree to be able to hang the the um, branch from so i basically took a rope between two trees and then hung that branch down through the center of the rope okay and it was like all pushed to one side and it was like almost touching the ground i'm like what, what the heck happened here like what tore this up? Well, looking at the camera, a year and a half old buck was up on his hind legs, same like thing, kicking at it, yeah, and pushed it off to one side uh-huh. to where it was wasn't centered anymore, and the height was all wrong then because it got pushed to you know basically where the string was at, right? And it was hanging out on the ground. I'm like, God dang it! And then yeah, no, I I'd highly recommend you know guys if, if you I try it I I definitely try it if you if you haven't tried it yet I I didn't believe it and it, it does work, yeah, you know. And then that that makes brings me up to that point where we were just at the hunting store last weekend, and we saw they sell them now the kits to make those. There, remember they were like flag. Yeah. They look like flag holders that you screw to the tree, and you can put a stick in there to hang to hang it down. Oh yeah, they there's there's so much like kind of weird stuff too. Like they actually have um, I don't know what the name of it or a company, but you can basically buy like a, it's like a little sapling tree. Uh huh. It's it's fake. But it's basically, and then it has a branch down for you. So, like, same thing. Like, if you have a field or something like that and you don't have a tree, right. you just stick to this little thing in the ground. It's got a little, like, stake you 
you know, jam it down is this little tree and the little branch that hangs down. Yeah, I'd, I'd highly recommend you guys, you know, that to try it out. Just give it a shot and, and put a camera on there. And I, you, I, I'm telling you, you'll be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with that, too, I mean, you definitely need to make sure that you have it in an area where deer are going to naturally be anyways. Right. Find a so, trail, a good trail. Yeah. So either like like we have here with what we started out with yours in a food plot where deer are going to naturally be anyways. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of times what I'll do is put it right in a trail. So a, a trail that I know is being used, I'll actually, you know, make it to where basically the deer either has to, you know, interact with the scrape right. or they have to like move their head or walk around it mm-hmm. um, from when they're on their trail. So even if they don't interact with it, they're still, their presence, they're leaving scent as they walk by. Right. Um, which right now, I don't know, like some of them, at least a lot of them on the ones that, on, on the farm, most of them aren't really getting hit by any of the mature bucks yet. But that's not too surprising right now for me because, you know, I'm looking at probably more like Halloween time frame mm-hmm. when the at least the main buck that I'm targeting from there shows up. Yeah, that one you did in my food plot, I had a lot of younger bucks doing it. But that, that'll draw on the mature bucks because during rut, that mature buck's going to want to push them smaller bucks around, you know, and it will it'll draw them in not not they might not hit that scrape the big bucks but they'll be around because once some little bucks are in there on them scrapes it's gonna get them big bucks fired up yeah yeah and you'll notice that too like a lot of times like i like when you first like do a scrape like you're like okay that's for bucks there's a lot of does that interact with those scrapes and, right and again we'll play around with that licking branch mess with it you know again leaving their scent and everything like that so yeah even even like those younger bucks or even does will you know stop in there I've actually got one out on the state land where the camera caught this buck. He's like kind of nosing around in the scrape, and the next the next picture there's a big like puddle where he was standing. Yeah. So he clearly peed right in the scrape. Yeah, you remember you showing me that? That's pretty cool. Yeah. So again, yeah, scrapes are. I'm I'm a huge you know fan of using scrapes or hunting over scrapes now. Like when I, but I mean years back, like I had to use basically just mock scrapes because. I was terrible at scouting and finding scrapes naturally. Like, I couldn't find them. Like, I could find rubs all day long, uh-huh. but don't ask me to find a scrape because I couldn't find a single one. Right. So I had a really hard time of, you know, learning, you know, where to find them or, or you know, recognizing them maybe, right. probably. Another thing that we, we just, me and you both, I think we, I think it was your first one too, is uh, this winter we went out scouting a little bit and we found that deer shed. Was that your first deer shed? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was out. pretty cool. I, that we were both we, eyes lit right up when we it was just laying there right at, right on a deer trail. I mean that that was pretty cool finding that. Well, that was what December. Well, it was even that. It was like twenty yards from where you parked the truck. Yeah, right. It was right there. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And and I would I would I think it'd be fun to get out and start shed hunting a little bit more. You know. Yeah, and that too. Like it's really fun time too because like. Like, you can learn a lot, just especially being, like, once that snow melts, you can still see a lot of the sign from the fall. Right. And it's amazing, the stuff that you can see, especially when the leaves are still all down and you've got the bare ground still. Uh-huh. Like, it's amazing. You can see, like, oh, this is a major trail. This is, you know. Well, that, that it stood out like a sore, sore thumb. We both spotted it, right? You know, it was, it was just laying there. Right? But yeah. I'm sure some of them are pretty hard to, you know, hard to see sometimes, but. That was sitting laying right there on the ground. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and that was funny too because yeah, we were we were just going there to scout. Yeah, right. And uh, 
Yeah, it's too bad we didn't find the other side. Though. Yeah, it was it was it was a three three point. I was probably a six point. Yeah, but yeah, but it was it was cool. But now the other funny thing is, how far away from that spot now do you have a tree stand? I would say probably 30, 40 yards down yeah. down the hill. Yeah. You know, we thought we'd try it, you know, and and we found a we found a couple mature apple trees that we didn't even know were on that property. You know, it, you just it's it you got to get up there and scout because you never know what you, some areas that could, could you think that's bad and could be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially too because I know I know you're still a little hesitant because it is closer to the property line. Right. Um, but basically you're you're over a, you're right next to a pond which you have like part ownership of right because it's, it's right down the middle of the property line but um but yeah i mean you've got the food the water and you've got that thicker cover right um the only the only hard part is there wasn't a lot of a lot of uh good trees to put a tree stand it's a lot of uh i i don't know i'd call it scrubby pines yeah. uh so the, the only good tree to put a tree stand where you're kind of right on top of the, the trail so it's you got to be you got to be quiet and you got to be covered up pretty good yeah but you i mean you hunted it what two times now yeah and the first time you had i the very first time that they, they didn't even know that yeah. it was three does that came right up that main trail right along that pond right up to the apple tree and they then they left the apple tree and started walking up towards me up the hill and you know they were they knew something wasn't right, but they didn't know what they, the doe would look up at me and she'd stomp a little bit, but not, not real aggressive, you know, and then they, the three of them kind of trotted away. So I kind of got pinned a little bit, but I, they didn't know exactly what it was. And it, that's the hard part, but it was the very first time hunting it. So they, 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 they were, they were kind of surprised, you know? Yeah. And then the second time it, it was pretty windy. Um, and I didn't see anything, but yeah. Yeah, so I mean that spot does definitely have some potential. Again, you know we we scouted that this spring. You're hunting it this year, so you're learning it yet. I mean, I'm I'm usually you know that point too is like it takes me usually like a season or two to start figuring out an area. Um, so yeah, the fact that you were actually that we found that spot and then sure enough, yeah, the, the the apple trees there, so you got that soft mass was was huge perk to the area. Right. But yeah, again, you'll hunt this this year and will learn probably know. change it around a little bit next year because I, I, I don't i don't want to ruin that spot and i don't want to get pinned too many times you know yeah yeah l- learn how they learn how they utilize that area a little bit better right and then uh yeah readjust i mean i had to do that with you know the buck i messed up with like i thought that they use this trail more often but he came down this one right so now it's like okay now i have to readjust move my tree stand or move my stand location uh from what i had even though you know going into the season i thought i had this area pretty much figured out right and then lo and behold like nope i need to make an adjustment because i was a little bit wrong on some of my assumptions so and that and that that area right there might just not be a good spot for for a tree stand it might we might we might have to look at maybe just doing a ground blind in that area next year because right. maybe in it just to get back off a little bit you know and um because there's no just because there's no trees available yeah because i was going to think about too um like trying to remember back about how big because it, it's kind of like a little bit of a valley right it comes up out of the from the pond and it moves up into some of the pines off to the, you know the right hand side i'm trying to remember how far across it is of that valley like i know you can't shoot all the way across it right because it, 
it's not it, it is for more than 40 yards isn't it yeah like it's it's a good ways to cross that thing right but if they come up that way they could get pretty close to you if you're on the ground blind you just have to let them come up a little bit farther yeah yeah i think it definitely be a good good spot to rifle hunt with a, with a ground blind you know yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, like you said, like if you had a rifle, you could set up kind of on that hillside. Right. You know, either have a like a pop-up blind or even just kind of a makeshift ground blind. Sure. And yeah, at least at that point too, once they make it up that hill, you could shoot anything that crows across that valley. Well, that like that that other bull I was hunting. The nice thing with the the pines is you can tuck them ground ground blinds in there, and they're hard to see. They're real hard to see, which is nice. But yeah, I mean, how many times have you had deer like basically like walk right up to those in your blind right. because you're right there tucked up yeah, in that pine tree? That's the nice thing about hunting in pines. You can tuck them ground blinds in there pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely too. Like, I don't know. Like, even like doing like more like uh, like ground hunting, even without a blind, like it's amazing. Like, I don't know. It's like if you get tucked into some cover and whatnot, you can get away with a lot. Right. Um, In, in comparison to like when you're up in a tree when like you're kind of skylighted and they can you know unless you're out of like you know out of their view or or they don't catch you moving or something like that you know they could they can pin you pretty quickly up in a tree but if you're in that ground blind yeah you're not you know making a bunch of noise or moving too much in there especially if you get like with you where you had it you it was pretty dark in there like if you get in the low light situation like you, you can't can, see in you there you can't see what's going on inside that blind it's just, a, it's just a dark hole i'm a big fan of just opening that front window and leaving all the other windows closed because that's the only view i had anyway and the only shooting lane was out in front of me and yeah it was it was dark dark in there so they couldn't see in they couldn't see in even even during the daylight they couldn't see in you know yeah. which is nice yeah so yeah if you can hide that movement and stuff like that yeah all right so I think I think next year I might revisit that and maybe maybe just do a ground blind in there because I think that tree stand, it, it's a nice location you can see a lot but I, I think it just it might be too close you know and that was like the only good tree to put up a tree stand. Yeah, and especially too like your first year being there. I mean you you want to be up elevated, you want to be able to see. Right. But then once you kind of learn like. like learn what trails they use or where they're how they travel right then you don't need to see all the way across you know this certain area because they're not using that part of it right you only need to be in this location i just want to be careful how many more times i hunt it because i don't i don't want to get pinned too many times because i don't want that spot to get ruined you know yeah that stuff too because you got a lot of terrain features going on so we talked about you know with the thermals kick in right because basically a lot of that goes downhill towards the deer from where you're at so yeah you gotta be careful with that and then yeah i mean again you'll be able to hunt it you know when the situation allows for it and right the conditions are right for that stand and again yeah i'm kind of waiting for waiting for the rut to kick in and to hunt it again that way they're a little more not you know not so cautious you know and maybe get them scooting around there a little bit yeah i don't know man i mean even like that i mean with that apple tree there i mean as long as that food source is still there, right? You could always still capitalize on some that comes in just to feed. Yeah, they feel comfortable in there. But and even we did a little bit more scouting on the front of the property, and we found a nice little, nice little other area with running with some with some scrapes on the or some rubs. And I mean, there's some there's some areas on that property that we haven't we haven't scouted in a while, which was pretty cool to me and you go walk around there and check that out. Yeah, because I mean that spot historically. Uh, there, you've had deer movement. I mean, right. you had, um, 
I think it was Trevor's one of Trevor's buddies. Yeah, our, over there. our cousin Trevor, yeah, his buddy. I let him hunt there, and he shot a. At that time, we didn't. It wasn't three points on one side. He didn't have to have that, and he shot a little four point over there. Yep. So I mean, there there is tradition over there, you yep. know. And I mean, scouting it, we found historical rubs in there. Right. And that I think it was that morning. There, there was, was three does standing up there. There was a group there. of does in that area, so the does were definitely using that as a, a travel corridor. Or, you know, using that traveling in that area. So yeah. So no, and in, in, we're just trying to find more spots because we, you know, it'd be nice to have more family to to hunt with us out there. You know, like me and my dad both said, we just it'd be nice to find some, you know, four or five good spots so we can have some family members come out there and um, hunt with us. You know, because it's fun to hunt with other people, not just not just two or not by yourself. You can share some stories and share what you saw and yep. you know that that's kind of a fun part of it. Yeah. Yeah, especially too, and especially in an area like you guys got, like you, it's big enough, and it's the layout of it, like you could have multiple people and not have to worry about, you know, having too much hunting pressure or, or you know, having the deer get affected too much by that. And not walk over somebody else's blind, you know, because you're coming in from different directions, different angles of the property. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the way it laid out, I mean, you could hunt on opposite ends, and I mean, yeah. You, you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily see the same deer right um, on the property. They'd be completely different groups of deer that you know, could be traveling that part. So yeah, most definitely. So we we might have some more work cut out in the, uh, next summer, Ty. Get some more food plots out there and and make make four or five good good spots. You know, it just with our droughts we have now, it's it's hard. You know, to to get the food plots, but yeah, because it's been a couple of years since uh, planted anything. We're over that pond that you guys got. Correct. Yep. And and there's a good spot out in the front to, to do a food plot, you know. And I, well, there's some spots. It's just it's just hard to make the time in the summer. But you know we we got to do that. We got to get, get that time and do it. Yeah. And, and again, too. I mean. And getting the equipment out there and. Yeah. And again, scouting scout more frequently, knowing you know some of those areas that you can capitalize on, and you know picking the right time and place to put those food plots in. And yeah. Right. Yep. All right, man. Well, you know what? I would love to be able to keep talking with you, but I know you've got work tomorrow, unless you want to keep going. No, probably over your over your hour, huh? We are, but that's all right. Yeah, we had fun, though. That was a good time. Well, well, again, we'll have you back on. Again, I want to get I want to get our dads in Yeah. do this, too, because their, their stories are ridiculous. And, and we, we probably wouldn't be hunting if it wasn't for them, so we definitely got to get, get them on here. Right, I know. I, I've I've been I've been meaning to have you and your dad, um, you know, on the show for a while now. So, again, maybe uh, here in the next couple of weeks, we'll have some buck stories to be able to share. That'd be fun, yeah. Uh, we'll have a, and again, it, we'll have another big meal and right. Then we'll sit around and talk hunting stories. And maybe in the future, we'll have a out of state uh, sit down together, all of us. We'll have to, we'll have to we'll have to play it out again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know my dad. He's planning on retiring in a couple of years, so. You might have some more times so where you might be more game for yeah doing a, a group trip. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, all all right. right. All right, man. We'll wrap this one up, and then, uh, yeah, we'll have you back on for sure. Sounds good. All right. That is it for the conversation with Corey. Again, Corey, thank you again for coming on and uh, opening yourself up on the show here. And it was really great talking with you again. We'll have to make sure that we uh, get uh, – our dad's involved in, and just be able to listen to them uh, tell their hunting stories as well. So um, we'll have to set that up here shortly. But that's it for the... But I did want to give a quick update on uh, things that have, that have uh, transpired since that 
episode uh, basically i did go out and did go out to uh, his hunting property and hunted with him for the evening unfortunately i messed up on uh, a pretty good buck he uh, came in and as i went to draw on him he ended up seeing my movement and spooked and ran off so missed an opportunity there would have been pretty cool to be able to share that with him but there will be plenty other opportunities i'm pretty or at least i'm confident there will be uh, Corey's done a lot of work and we've put a lot of work in scouting and understand his property a little bit more um, it only seems that they've got some pretty good bucks around there so it's only a matter of time before uh, someone capitalizes on that and with that i'm going to wrap this one up again one last reminder head on over to mihuntingpodcast.com check out the website and also if you do want to become more involved highly encourage you to become a member your membership supports this show directly allows for me to be able to expand and be able to provide more content as well as grant you access to a monthly live show discounts to all the merchandise sold on the site as well as exclusive members only giveaways so and with that as always get out there be safe and have fun